0: And welcome back to The Happy Half, a half-hour weekly podcast with me, Heather Condor, to share what has made me and others happy, and to shout out some of the happier things in the news. It's episode 10, the end of series one. I've decided to call it series one in the hope that there will be another series at some point in the future. A few very kind souls seem to indicate that they would like more and they'd be sad for it to end completely. And I don't really want to close the door on the podcast either. But for now, my life is about to change in literally every way possible. So for the moment, 10 episodes seems to be a very nice number to click pause But never fear, because number 10 will still be a very fitting finale, and I want to make sure that we round off the past 10 weeks with some very hopeful and very happy news. And I have lots in store for you. I have many recommendations coming up. There are books, businesses, TV shows, lots to keep you occupied over the coming months. And I also thought it would be rather fitting to finally interview someone who has frequently made a feature in this podcast. I think I've persuaded him to do it. So I hope you enjoy. My top three this week include a whole variety of things. I wanted to keep it varied and mention some things which stood out, along with, once again, some smaller things which just make me happy on a regular basis. I think if doing this podcast has taught me anything, it's to appreciate the little things more. Believe me, some weeks at first thought, I've been like, what on earth can I include in my top three this week? I have done nothing of interest and nothing that people will be vaguely interested in me nattering on about. But you know, we can't do mind-blowing things every week and we need to keep it real. And I'm very pleased to say, that my mind has never drawn blank on the little and smaller things. So, along that wavelength, I am unashamed to say that the first thing which has made me happy this week is stationery. I love stationery. I always have, and I think I always will. And I will always find an excuse to get yet more stationery. This week, I treated myself to a few little treats that I decided I needed for work and at least that was my justification really it was just a good excuse to buy notebooks and pens and diaries but i did buy the most beautiful diary and it has different tabs along the side for different months and lots of little lists both at the start of each month and at the beginning of each week's spread to help you prioritize your week oh it's an organizer's dream i tell you And I'm not afraid to say that I'm one of those people that feels like I have my life sorted when I have a list. I love a list. The intention is there. You feel like you know what you're going to do. And even if you don't end up doing quite a few things on the list, you've written it down. But as well as the diary, I also bought some more notebooks because, in my opinion, one can never have too many notebooks. I'm sure many will agree with me. And In the past few months, alone actually, I've got through three notebooks with my teaching, podcasting, lyrics, general thoughts. So it's always good to have some more in store and you can bring them out on a rainy day. But where do you get this stationery, I hear you ask? Well, I am a sucker for Paper Chase. I love their stationery. Often it can be quite expensive, so sometimes I go for cheaper options at Hemmer or on Amazon. But if I'm really pushing the boat out, like really pushing the boat out, I like the stationery from Kiki K or Anthropology. I don't want to give off the wrong impression. I sadly don't shop at Anthropology. But if you do want to do a bit of a browse, a bit of window shopping for some stationery, then just go into Kiki K or Anthropology and have a lovely browse. And it will simultaneously make you feel really happy and also sad because you just can't buy the whole shop. Anyway, I've rambled for long enough about stationery. I could go on, I could go on for a long time, but I won't because I'm worried that not everyone shares my passion for stationery. But I just wanted to let you know that that's brought me a lot of joy this week. And speaking of organising, I've been doing a lot of packing and sorting out recently to work out what I'm going to take back to London. And whilst I've been rediscovering some of my old shoes and clothes, I've also found, hidden away, some of my old schoolwork, including art homework, the what I did on my holiday to Cornwall pieces, and also some stories which I wrote. I think the art was, quite frankly, terrifying in most cases. It wasn't really my best. But some of the stories which I wrote were rather interesting. Some of them were just basic plagiarism, Like, I wrote a story called Hevaconda and the Philosopher's Rock. (laughs) I don't think anyone would have been fooled by my clever exchange from stone to rock there. I was really, really very obsessed with that book when I was younger. And uh, I also wrote a story with chapters and everything called The Beauty and Her Devil. Not based on Beauty and the Beast, you might be surprised, but actually it's quite a dark and erotic story for a young girl to have written. I'm tempted to read you some of it. I've got it here, but I'll probably regret it. Oh, you can have a very sneaky sample. It will give me some audiobook practice. Why not? So here we go. Take note of all the similes and descriptive words that I so carefully chose aged 11. The Beauty and Her Devil, Chapter One. The moment she came into view, every head turned in her direction. It was as if she possessed an aura that drew everyone's attention to her impossibly blue eyes. I'd been sitting on the bench by the pond, watching the lake's ripples. One moment I was watching the way the sun cast shadows over the lake, and the next a chill ran up my spine, and for no reason at all my head jerked up and my eyes met hers and then very suddenly she stopped. Her eyes travelled slowly across the park and then focused. Another shiver ran up my spine and I turned to the boy she had focused on. He walked with the same easy grace as her across the park. I was transfixed by his eyes. They were huge and dark and resembled deep, dangerous pools. His jet black hair was pulled back into a sleek ponytail, and he was very muscular in the body. I was dazzled by these two unlikely human beings. Their hands brushed, and I swear I saw a spark. My eyes followed their backs, and the sun rays chased them until they reached the end of the park. Suddenly they both glanced back, and in that moment, beneath the beauty, I saw some evil. A sigh came and went, and the beauty and her devil... <laughs> How dramatic. Wow. I bet you weren't expecting that. It gets more dramatic, actually, but I'll leave you in suspense. I think we'll stop there for the dramatic reading for today. And I'm sorry if that was not at all interesting, but that was some of my aged 11 creative writing right there. It's actually not that bad, you know? I mean, I think I must have been a bit sexually frustrated when I was in 80 or something, because, well, it was quite tense. But there we go. Something a bit different. And if you're looking for a laugh, you should try and dig out some gems from your past because I'm telling you, it makes for quite a fun afternoon. And then the last thing in my top three is an activity. There aren't nearly so many fun activities to talk about this week compared to last week. But I do want to mention our trip to the beach. I love the beach and it will always just make me feel so calm. I associate it with somewhere that I can just switch off, where I can forget my worries and I can just eat ice cream and walk along the sand to my heart's content. I do like to try and go to the beach at some point every year in the UK, maybe even abroad and often with my family. This year we obviously couldn't go anywhere abroad and we didn't really want to go anywhere like Bournemouth having seen the absolutely crazy beaches there of people packed in enjoying the sun. So instead, we decided to go to the lesser-known Barton-on-Sea for a day trip. It's by the New Forest, so it's a little drive, but listen to a good podcast on the way and you're surrounded by beautiful scenery and there are literally horses roaming around on the roads. We took my dog as well with us, which is really fun. She was both equally terrified and excited. She repeatedly kept running in and out of the sea. She <laughs> she was chasing the waves and then... Quickly running away from them when they came back towards her. It was very cute. And we also obviously had a dip in the sea because you can't not. Although it was worryingly warm, I normally squeal with cold whenever I get into the English Sea, but not this year. And I just can't help but feel that is not a good thing for our planet. But we did have a really lovely day, and the beach was sheltered and not too busy, which was really nice. And we just spent the day roaming around with our dog and having a lovely time. And it reminded me of my childhood holidays, which I wrote about so fondly in those What I Did on My Holiday pieces, which I also discovered this week. So yes, some smaller and some bigger things this week. I've really enjoyed finding things to talk about over the past 10 weeks, and I think I'm going to try and keep writing down my top three, either every day or if not every week. It's just a nice idea to reflect on some of the better things, even if you're having the most rubbish day. Stories from Others. I've tried my best to fill this week's stories from others with as much as possible, and so I'm going to shout out quite a few people, and there are so many recommendations and different things to check out. The first story is from Katie. Her happy news is that she's enjoyed rearranging her bookshelf, arranging her books into what she has loved reading in the past and what she still needs to read. Her bookcase looks really aesthetically pleasing and she can look forward to all the books she has coming up. And I completely agree. I love a well-organised bookcase. There is something so satisfying about owning actual books and then displaying them in some kind of order, whether alphabetical or in terms of what you've got left to read, or my favourite option, by colour. So all the spines go through in the order of the rainbow. I've seen quite a few people do that as well. But I also really do like Katie's idea, and Katie has just finished reading More Than Enough: Claiming Space for Who You Are by Elaine Welteroth, which she would really recommend. It's a memoir about refuting biases, and it's about how Elaine managed to break barriers to climb the ranks of media and fashion. She discusses identity and success and her experience of being mixed race. So it sounds very insightful and interesting. And in Katie's To Be Read category are Nadia Hussein's autobiography, Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman and June sarpong's Diversify. I've read the first two, and for different reasons, they're both really honest and they both touch on mental health issues which many of us have faced, so would also recommend those. So lots of good things to read there if anyone is looking for more suggestions. I know that I'm going to add More Than Enough and Diversify to my list too. I have a very long list. I don't know how I'm going to read all of these books this year but we can try. I've slightly cheated with the next story as I thought it would be nice to share as many people's news as possible for the last week. So I put a message out on Instagram the other day asking if any businesses that have blossomed in lockdown would like a shout out to spread the word and celebrate their happy news and the amazing businesses that are out there. And quite a few people got back to me with very happy news and their silver linings. So I'm going to shout out about three businesses, all of which are quite different ventures. The first is a Zumba business called Zumba with Sorrel. And I'll put little tags on my Instagram post to everything that I mentioned so you can have a good old stalk. But Sorrel has been doing Zumba classes throughout lockdown with the aim of bringing some positivity and activity to people in their homes. The classes have been running on Zoom and a favourite song of hers and all of her participants is Fireball by Pitbull to just get everyone in the mood. Sorrel is hoping to be back in the studio very soon so very exciting so do check out her business on Instagram or Facebook and you'll definitely get some good vibes and some fun moves and along slightly similar lines if you're looking for something else energetic that's a bit different then the next business that I want to mention is Drama Spectrum which is a family-run theatre company in Bushy Heath. And they have been doing lots of different things to accommodate lockdown. They've been offering singing, dance and drama classes online, and more recently in their garden. And they've produced an entire online production of Les Mis, which is quite the feat. And imagine that amount of editing. And they have been working so incredibly hard to keep people entertained and training. So that's another one to check out. But... If you do exert energy on Zumba or drama, then of course you need to refuel. So lastly, I'm going to shout out the wonderful Collies and Courgettes. What a fantastic name and a very wholesome account on all levels. It's about knowing what's growing in an English garden, along with some excellent food recommendations to boot. It's healthy, aesthetically pleasing and delicious. What's not to love? And it's just so nice seeing people pursuing their passions and doing brilliant things. And I thought all of those three were very varied and a lovely selection of ventures which cover all grounds, some bigger, some smaller, and all an example of the wonderful power of creatives and self-starters. So I think if you ever have a business idea, then you should definitely just go for it and see what you can do, see what happens. Now, get ready but because I wanted episode 10 to be some kind of finale, you've got to go out some bang, haven't you? I thought it was about time that I interviewed someone who I know a few people have been very keen to hear from. We've had some incredible people over the past few weeks. We've had Toby Marlowe, Bobby Seagull, Megan Foster, just to name a few. But apparently, some people want to hear from, drumroll, my dad. Not entirely sure why, he's not either. And I did get a lovely suggestion to include a Dad's Corner section of the podcast, where I give weekly updates on what my dad has been up to and his bird watching and plant hunting escapades. But since he has mostly been working, I thought that probably wouldn't be the best content. However, he has just had a week off and he's found a little more time to pursue his passions. So he is here to discuss what has made him happy this week. And there's potentially even a little surprise. Probably just going to be me, though, mostly winding him up. But here he is. Dad, welcome to the podcast. How do you feel to officially be on the happy half?
1: Honoured but scared.
0: (laughs) No, you'll be great.
1: I haven't said anything really yet, but uh, we'll wait to see.
0: I think I've basically coerced him into doing this. He's been putting it off all day. So, Dad, what have you been loving over the past few days?
1: The weather and lots of time. Time to do things that I don't normally have time to do, like going on long walks.
0: Where did you go? Where have you been? Do fill us in.
1: Well, I went to the Cotswolds yesterday. A long drive, well, it seemed quite a long way to... uh, It was
0: an hour and a half. (laughs) Broadway.
1: (laughs) Broadway. Which is a beautiful. Not
0: place. the normal Broadway. Not America. We're talking places with um castles? No.
1: Towers. Towers. I walked to Broadway Tower with the dog and um, my wife and Caroline, and it was a really long, long trek. One and a half miles. A <laughs> one and a
0: half miles. So, just to put this into context, I didn't actually go, but they drove an hour and a half to walk one and a half miles. Uh, But I think you enjoyed yourself, didn't you?
1: Yeah, it wasn't easy. It's like climbing Snowden. It was a big, (laughs) steep climb. And we had a nice um, surprise by finding a lovely ice cream at the top to regale us from um, our efforts.
0: Oh, regale you. All that strength that you need. Absolutely. Also, because you've got more time now, you're getting your violin back out, which is very exciting. I know the people will be pleased to hear this because we mentioned it way back when in episode five. Can you tell us a bit about that? Mum's not pleased, is she? She thinks it should be featured on the Not Happy Half. But you enjoy it.
1: I do, I did. I haven't played it for a long time. I gave it up many years ago. But I've been threatening to pick it up for many, many months now. Now I've got a bit of time. And um, Caroline, my younger daughter, has um, tuned it for me. So that's a big <laughs> hurdle out of the way, because it normally takes me at least a day to get it in tune with Pitch Pipes. She's uh, got it in tune ready for me to pick it up very, very shortly.
0: You've got got some folk, you've got all sorts up your sleeve.
1: Yeah, you can't beat tapping the foot, can you, to a bit of a jig or a reel. I absolutely love Irish and, in fact, most um, folk music. Nice and simple to play as well. All the first position on the violin, you can't beat it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I think Dad hasn't got his violin right now to hand and he's not quite confident enough to play it quite yet on the podcast but if the spirit moves him and in the coming days he feels it he's going to record a little snippet and I'm going to insert it right now for us all to love and enjoy so here we go Wonderful. So, Dad, you've been very busy and you've got a little bit more time off. So is there anything else that you think you would like to mention that the happy half would benefit from that you are just going to love doing this week?
1: Just really enjoying the local nature, really. Just discovering (laughs) things that you didn't realise were there. Because every time you go for a walk, something's different, something's changed.
0: We do like a walk. We do like a walk. And uh, you can tell us more plants.
1: Plants. Plants, oh, yes. (laughs) Death. (laughs) Well, you might joke, but it it is always a a special pleasure to discover something that uh, is tucked away among the grasses that you wouldn't have noticed unless you'd just been especially searching it out. So um, I highly recommend just dawdling, just looking around you, and just you never know quite what you'll spot, but something different you didn't know that was there.
0: You're the next David Attenborough, forget David, John is here. Well thanks Dad, I know this has probably been very traumatic for you, but apparently it's what people wanted to hear and uh, it's been more bonding time for us because we haven't had enough really, have we?
1: Um. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been lovely to have you at home. I'm
0: leaving soon, he's very glad.
1: (laughs) Not at all, no. (laughs)
0: Anyway, thank you so much, Dad. I will let us get on with our evening. I'm going to go and get the dinner. But it's been a pleasure. So thank you, Dad.
1: Thank you, Heather, for letting me speak.
0: <laughs> stories from the news. I'm thrilled to say that there were many happy stories to choose from this week. Quite a few of which are great for the environment, so something I feel is particularly important. And as you can imagine, my dad is also particularly pleased. So the first thing that I want to mention is the happy news that plastic cups, cartons, bottles and wrappers that litter our beaches, our oceans and our countryside are going to be manufactured to biodegrade into harmless sludge within a year following the development of a new technology and the incorporation of a new additive. There has been a 20% surge in the volume of plastic waste which has been produced throughout lockdown. So this is very necessary and good news that could lead to a huge decrease in plastic waste. The news comes from the British firm Polymateria, which is based at Imperial College London. Biodegradable ice cream wrappers, bread bags and fast food cups are currently undergoing testing in Scotland by the company and they are also working on making biodegradable PPE. It's particularly the hope that this huge breakthrough could tackle the blight of plastic which has just jumped out in the open. I read a shocking statistic that a third of plastic ends up in nature so if that plastic goes on to biodegrade this could have far-reaching effects especially because this new technology will leave behind no microplastics and no harmful substances. So hopefully something quite significant and something to look out for in the coming months to help curb plastic pollution. And another positive environmental piece of news concerns renewable energy, something which we have been using a lot more of throughout lockdown. But in Australia. They have been particularly innovative and they have recently converted, unsold and expired beer into renewable energy in order to power homes. Rather than letting the beer go to waste, millions of litres of beer have been powering a water treatment plant in the south of Australia. Lisa Hannant, the senior manager of the plant, has said that the beer has boosted energy generation to new levels. I quote, By adding around 150,000 litres of expired beer per week, we generated a record 355,200 cubic metres of biogas in May and another 320,000 cubic metres in June, which is enough to power 1,200 houses. Such fantastic news! Who'd have thought the beer could do that? It's maybe something we can do too. I imagine the amount of beer which has been sold over the world has just dramatically decreased in the past few months and there is surely, surely many more litres of expired beer that needs using. I don't actually really like beer anyway. Much more of a wine than a beer drinker. Uh, So I think generally it'd be a great use of it. But I do know that many people love a cold beer in a pub garden, particularly at this time of year. So I thought that was some fun news and something to think about when you're next having a pint Yet another reason to love beer there. Very interesting news indeed. And as I'm sure you're aware, as well as less plastic pollution and more renewable energy, another benefit has been generally better air quality because of the limited number of flights able to take place. Australia's borders are still closed and travel may not be possible until 2021. Obviously, this is very sad for people who cannot fly to visit their friends or their family. But it does mean also that certain filming can't take place. So this is quite a tenuous link, I'm afraid. It's not as important as the other news. But it's been decided that the public still need I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. But it won't be possible for the series to take place in the Australian jungle. So this year, the celebrities will be transported to... Dun-dun-dun... A castle in the UK countryside. Not sure that there are that many parallels. Not sure they'll be eating crazy, scary spiders and random feces from animals in Australia. But I know some people will nevertheless be very pleased and they can spend many an evening watching who will be crowned king or queen of the castle. I'm not a huge I'm a Celeb fan, but I am very pleased to hear that certain other TV programmes are going ahead. Strictly is coming back in October, which I'm personally far more excited about, and they are even hoping for a return of The Bake Off, this time with Matt Lucas joining Noel Fielding rather than Sandy. The producer, Gary Davey, has said that it's all happening in deep secret, somewhere in darkest, deepest Britain in the Shires. Ooh, He said, you will have your Victoria sponge this year so dramatic. Thank goodness for that. What would we do without it? But this is hopefully something to definitely look forward to in the autumn. I do love the bake-off. So there we have it. Another week of happy news, both big and small, and some more things to smile about. I'm actually quite sad. I'm coming to an end now. I've absolutely loved hunting for positive things over the past 10 weeks. And even if I have just made one of you feel a little bit more hopeful, then I am a happy Heather. Happy as Larry, and I now know who Larry is, so that's great as well. Learning so much every episode. It's been so fantastic to hear all your stories and to share them. And it's reminded me, at least, that somewhere in the world, there will always be people celebrating, whether that's birthdays, engagements, jobs, graduations, or even just a good cup of coffee or a good book. And I think it's really nice to remember that. It was quite apt as well, because this week I read a lovely thing that said that living through this dark time has enabled us to hopefully capture at least some accidental happiness now and then. And the moments of joy have been more intense because of the dark background. And so there have been some silver linings. And I think accidental happiness is a wonderful thing. And we should appreciate everything that we can And if you do ever need a pick me up in the future, if you're ever having a bad day or you just want to remember back to uh, these times, then these podcasts aren't going to be going anywhere. Granted, the news might not be quite so relevant, but if you do want to listen to me ramble or have a laugh at myself, then please do. And once again, thank you so, so much for listening. I didn't think we'd make it past the pilot, so I can't believe we've had 10. And I do hope that I will be back before too long. But in the meantime, it is goodbye from me for now. Goodbye.